Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. We're here with another episode of Females on Fire, and I think you're really going to love our guest today. Nico Everett is on with us today, and she is a coach and strategist. She's been featured in tons of places uh, and is an incredible motivational speaker who even has a TED Talk that got over a million views. So she's got tons of insight, and today we're going to be talking about her concept of being bad and brilliant, which is so awesome. So Nico, thank you so much for coming on and just giving us a little bit of your time today. Yeah, it's my honor. We're excited to have you. So let's start off with just telling everybody who you are and where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I often now really talk about myself as a change agent and, you know, I, I work with a lot of women about how to talk about themselves, how to, you know, we say pitch a lot, right? But how do you tell people who you are and what you do? And um, although what I do as my income, as my day job is a business coach for women, I'd say that I am, and this is often what I tell women, tell people, what are you, right? You're a businesswoman, you're an artist, you're a photographer, so you can sort of orient people. So I would say I am a change agent and I have been my whole life. And what's most important to me is that I connect women to power. And I do that in a lot of different ways. So this is um, also what I frequently will tell women. Tell us, you know, I am something and then what do you actually do, right? And the way that I do that is that I coach women at some of the highest level, levels of leadership. So I coach 10 women. Um, individually. And then I also work with women to get them to solid six figures. So those are the two things I feel really passionate about because I think that it's critical that women are connected to power. And I think that power comes from money in our society where we live in the world that we live in. That's where we get um, power and freedom. And I'd say a lot of that came because I didn't grow up with that. So I Neither of my parents went to college. Actually, my mom went to college at the same time that I did. And they both struggled a lot. So they struggled with drugs and alcohol. And I just didn't have like the normal kind of TV show upbringing. So I think I was looking a lot for how do I get power and freedom and privilege. And I saw a lot of it around me. And I, I didn't know how to get it, you know. So um, when I... 
I found my way into college. Like I said, my parents hadn't been before. And I think when we want to do something that we haven't seen before, it can feel really hard. So I know a lot of your listeners are solopreneurs, starting businesses, and, and maybe they haven't seen or been close to someone who's done that before. So it can feel really hard to do something that you don't know what exactly what it's supposed to look like. And that's how college felt for me. I was like, how do you figure this out? I don't know what it looks like. My parents didn't do it, right? My mom was a waitress. My dad was a carpenter. Um, so I found my way into college. Uh, a lot of people around me were going. So I kind of, you know, put together the pieces and um, went to college. It was fine. You know, in retrospect, I think, oh, geez, I'm not sure I actually learned that much in college. And when I got out, I felt really lost. Like, I just had no idea what to do with this, these four years of education. And I think I see that that's really common. You know, I, I talk at, when I go out and speak at events, I talk to a lot of um, young women who get out of college and feel like, great, now what am I supposed to do? And I totally felt that way. I remember sitting in a coffee shop after I graduated from college. I had an art history degree with a minor in women's studies. Like, what are you supposed to do with that, right? And I remember sitting in a coffee shop just thinking, I know that I'm smart. I know I've got something to give the world. I just wish someone would like take me under their wing and show me the way. Because I don't know, I have no idea how to apply this. And I eventually started working for um, a nonprofit and I knew I was reading a lot of books about girls and I knew that my time as a girl was pretty tough. And so that was my, that was the beginning. And I started working for girls and I eventually started an organization called, called Girls for a Change. And it was to empower girls to create the changes they saw was needed in their own neighborhood. And that was like my graduate school. You know, I came up with this idea with a lot of really amazing women and girls. We knew that it needed to happen. It wasn't being done by anybody else. And um, we needed to raise a lot of money to do it. So I learned how to raise money on the job. And I ended up raising many millions of dollars from VCs and corporations. But, you know, the first time I went to go raise money, someone said I was going to meet with a VC in San Francisco. And um, someone said, you have to wear a suit. And I was like, girl, I don't have a suit. What do you mean I have to wear a suit? And so I borrowed a, a suit jacket from my roommate and I wore a pair of pants that did not match that suit jacket. And oh my God, in retrospect, it was so awful what I wore. You know, I rode this elevator up to like the 32nd floor of the skyscraper to meet with this venture capital guy who, you know, is worth a hundred million dollars. And he did end up investing in me, but man, it was a long road and I had a lot to learn. And that was kind of how I got schooled along the way of how to build a business. And I had a lot of women who helped me along the way, show me how to read a financial statement, how to write a business plan, how to pitch a VC, a foundation, how to raise money from individuals. And I've put that all together along the 10 years that I ran Girls for a Change. I went on to run another business after that. Now I've kind of put all those learnings together along with all the, the personal development I had to do to feel worthy, right? To feel worthy of asking for that money. Um, I put that to use now as I coach other women to do similar work. That's awesome. That's such an inspiring story. Like I love that, you know, you didn't necessarily have that like 
perfect cookie cutter um, start in college. And I, I didn't either. So yeah, I don't think you ever end up with what you started with. So that's, it's an awesome story just to hear, you know, how far you've come and that you were so open to the changes that kind of came along the way. Yeah. You know, I think it's so important. You know, my, my husband um, has a really similar story. And I think as we ended up working with a lot of young adults finding their way, we ran a business together, um, a training school, and a lot of them would look to us, you know, we're both Caucasian, we're middle class, we've done well for ourselves now. And I always said to them, you know, like, never believe that what you see is what you get because neither of us have stories that you would imagine were our stories and they may not be your story but i think you know this is a really perfect time to talk about this because probably a lot of us are getting holiday cards in the mail this you know when we're taping this is around the holidays you may not be listening to this then but it's very similar to social media, right? Like you get a holiday card in the mail and it's the perfect picture of the family, right? Just like when you go on Instagram and you see all of our perfect pictures. And I always think, you know, it's so funny, right? Because some of those families we know and we know the struggle that goes on behind that family. And we know the struggles that go on behind our own families, but we still all take the perfect picture to send out, right? We're not gonna take like a picture of us all fighting. And it's just like, social media, right? Very few people post not the perfect picture to put up on our feed. And yet that's not our real life. And I think Haley, just like your story, it's like, you know, you didn't finish college and I didn't know how to get into college. And I didn't know the right thing to wear. And it was a bumpy road to get there. And, you know, my husband started out in community college and then he went off to one of the most prestigious colleges in the world, but that's not how he got there. You know, he went, he dropped out of three colleges first. And so I think just remembering like what you see on the outside is almost never, ever the whole story. But for some reason, our brains like trick us into thinking that. And that just leaves us in that horrible place of comparison that I think most of us just end up feeling really paralyzed in. So if this is anything, let this conversation be a reminder that we are all so imperfect and we're all like finding the bumpy road to our own journey. That's so true. And I think, I think too, you know, you mentioned all of that about social media. I think sometimes we forget that people had to put in a lot of work to, to get the picture perfect moments too. Cause I mean, yeah, you know, you're fighting with your family and you guys all have hard times together, but you know, eventually you do get those kind of picture perfect moments. You do get those <laughs> right. But I think people see those and they tend to forget that, you know, it took a lot of work to get to that place. You know, you mentioned it took a lot of work to get to where you are now. You ran a business for 10 years and you had to learn how to get money and raise money and learn to, you know, wear a suit to a meeting and, and all of those things. And so I think people don't realize the journey that goes into mm. making things happen. They just think it, it comes overnight for some people. Totally. God, that's such a good reminder, right? Like, I remember someone when I was starting to, um, when I opened my coaching practice, I've been doing a lot of business strategy for a while. And I was like, you know, I'm really ready to do this. Like, I want to be a business coach and, you know, do some, you know, be on Instagram and have like a little bit of influencing and post some videos here and there. And, and someone was giving me a little bit of advice about it. And she said, you know, a lot of people are successful just because they stay in the game. 
you know, there's a lot of coaches out there and there's a lot of people with an Instagram account to post their stories and their videos, a lot of people on YouTube, and, you know, a lot of wedding planners or photographers, creatives. And she said, you know, it's not even necessarily that you have to be the best amongst them, talent or skill wise, but you have to really keep your head in the game and be willing to stick it out for the long game. And I didn't really know what she meant. I was like, all right, sure. Like I'll stick around, whatever. But then I realized like, oh, this is hard, right? You know, like, like, you know, checking your, your business plan and, and doing your marketing and like, you know, in the first six months, it's like really fun and exciting. And then it starts to become a job and it's hard sometimes. And who wants to check your PLs and who wants to go answer every comment on Instagram sometimes, but a lot of times you'd rather go take a nap or you know, do something else. Right. And I do believe that a lot of success comes in literally just continuing to show up. So I think it's a really good point, Haley. Yeah, I totally agree with that. A hundred percent. So that kind of leads us into my next question for you. So I have watched your TED talk. And I know you talk a lot in that talk about self-worth and just being, you know, uncompromisingly yourself. So what does that mean to be uncompromisingly you? You know, what do you mean when you say that? And how do you think people get to that place where they're confident enough in themselves and their own story to, to be able to be unapologetically themselves? Yeah. Well, so I think, you know, one thing that's really important for us to kind of throw on the table is that for women, we in our culture are trained really young, like in first grade, to be good. And it's, it's, um, it happens because we're in a large classroom, most of us. So if you go to school, if you go to um, the traditional school in our country, we're in a large classroom and girls develop emotionally faster than boys do. And this happens around first or second grade. So we're able to control ourselves better than boys can early on. <clears throat> so in a large classroom, the teacher's trying to get everyone in order, and it's a big classroom, 30 kids, and he or she, probably she, says, you know, everyone stand in a line. And girls are able to do that earlier than boys are. So boys just don't have control over themselves as early as girls do. Just, they just develop differently. And so girls are able to stand in line. They're able to put their heads down on the desk. They're able to raise their hand when the teacher asks. So because we're able to do that, the teacher says, good job, good girl. And so what happens? We get approval, we get praise for having followed the rules. And we associate with you know, our first authority figure outside of our parents telling us that we are good if we follow the rules. And so that's a pretty deep learning for us to have that early in our developmental phase. So we start as women to believe that in order to be good, we need to follow the rules. And so that is, and it's not like all of a sudden society changes as we get older, right? It's not like all of a sudden we become teenagers or adults and our culture says to us, you know what, as women, you should really be completely self-expressed, right? And uh, go crazy. No, like, our culture still in general tells us to be peacekeepers and multitaskers and superwomen, right? So we're told by kind of cultural conditioning through marketing, the story of being good. 
And I think when we talk about being uncompromising or being fully ourselves, we have to define what does that look like in comparison to the story that we're told, you know, in the holiday card or in the social media post is the good woman or the good girl. And I would say for most of us, and your audience may be a tiny bit younger than this, but I would say, you know, I would say this is a story that most of us hear, something like this, like, you know, my, my audience are mostly women who are married and have kids. And so to be a good woman is to like wake up, make a beautiful, healthy breakfast, pack some lunches, get ourselves looking beautiful, get the kids off to school, get to our job, be of great value in our work, whether we work for ourselves or someone else, maybe like get in a workout, help a friend in need, get home, help with some homework, maybe feel guilty that you're not doing enough, make some dinner, be thin, be cheerful, tidy the house, get kids to bed, maybe have sex with your partner, check social media, respond to your friends, respond to your fans, get some sleep, get your beauty rest, wake up, do it all over again, and life is good, right? But it's not really, right? So many of us who are doing that are exhausted. And even if you're just doing a piece of that, it's exhausting. I mean, it's tiring just saying that, right? When I, when I like start to think like, what are we told we're supposed to be doing? Like, I was like, oh, that's exhausting, but that's true. Most of the people who come to me as clients, that's the life they're expected to live. Right. And so being uncompromising is, that's what I'm expected to do. What do I actually want to do? And like, what would make me feel good? And what would have me feel lit up? and happy and passionate. And then figuring out what's the balance. Yeah, we can't live like these quote unquote uncompromising lives every single second of every single day. We make compromises all day long. But what are the parts of ourselves we know we need to keep lit up, right? And making sure that that's happening because that's where our self-confidence comes in. Our self-confidence plummets when we're exhausted and when we're doing things for everybody except ourselves. I love that. And that's so true too. I'm just sitting over here like shaking my head. Yes. The whole time you're talking about, Oh, you're supposed to wake up and do this and then go do that. And cause it's so true. And I mean, you know, I think our audience is mostly like in their twenties and thirties, you know, some married, some not I'm married, but I don't have kids. So, you know, I haven't entered those rules and regulations yet of how to be a good mom and, and do all of that. But even just getting married, it's like, oh, well, here's what you're supposed to do for your husband. Here's how to be a good wife. Here's how to, you know, be a working wife. Don't make more money than your husband. That would be terrible. Mm. And it's exhausting. You cannot possibly like achieve everything that you want to achieve and do everything you want to do and follow all of those rules. It's impossible. Yeah. So you've got to write your own rules, right? I mean, now as adult women, we get to step back and say, whoa, 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 whoa all right, like, you know, when I, when I talk about, one thing I talk about a lot is being bad and brilliant. And I think in order for us to truly tap into our brilliance, we've got to break the rules. We've got to first identify what rules are we living our life by? And I think rules are fine, but what happens is we start to have all of these rules that we follow that we're just asleep to. So like, you know, I'm, I really love to be on time. But I, at one point I started to realize like, well, why do I like to be on time so much? Like who told me to be on time? And do I want to keep following that rule, right? So just really taking a look at what are all the rules that you live your life by? Making sure that you are clear about them and then just being at choice about them. 
and then breaking the ones that you feel like those no longer serve me. They keep me from my brilliance. They keep me from being lit up and passionate and on fire and being an expressed genius, right? Because we are all put on this planet to fully express our genius. And you've got to make sure that those rules are not getting in the way of your genius. And we should all be living our lives differently, right? One of my best friends is like the ultimate creative. She is like so a brilliant storyteller and writer. And she has to have all this white space in her day. She can't be totally scheduled. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, I have to have a pretty scheduled day. And so in order for her to express her genius, she needs to have like five hours of kind of spontaneous open space to think, right? Not me. I need something different to express my genius. So ensuring that we know what our genius is and that we're creating roles that support that genius. Yeah. And I think too, you know, just figuring out what works for you is really kind of the most important part of that. Cause you know, you mentioned earlier about seeing these picture perfect lives on social media. Well, what works for someone else may not work for me. So I think that's a huge part of it is just figuring mm. out, you know, what works for you, what doesn't work for you and realizing that let's say I'm writing a book and I look at another woman who wrote a book. Well, the way she did it is not going to be the way that I do it. The way she yeah. got published is not going to be the way that I get published. And so I think just realizing that it's okay to, to take a different road to get to the same endpoint is, is okay. And it's allowed. Yeah, totally. Right. I think that's so important. And there's so many models out there for us, which is awesome. People who've gone before us who can teach us a lot. We don't have to always reinvent the wheel, but we also really, like you said, we need to find our, the way that works with our system, right? With our way of thinking, with our, with our approach to life, right? And I think that the same would go, you know, there's so many courses out there right now. And this is something as a, as a coach for these 10 women. And then because I speak to, you know, hundreds of other women a lot, but I don't really teach much else for these other women. I just speak. They'll frequently ask me like, oh, is there a course to take on this or that? And the one thing I'll say, because there is, there are literally hundreds of courses that you could take, right? Hundreds, thousands. And the one thing I'll say is um, when you're looking, I think we all kind of want to be saved. I can put myself in this category, right? Like it's hard, right? Like it's inspiring and beautiful. And I love getting to run my own business, but it's also hard. I was just this morning writing my, my goals out for the first quarter of next year. And I was like, man, this is hard. Like there's some really tough stuff I'm going to have to accomplish. And like, I got to sit down and, you know, do some like real hard stuff next quarter. And I don't know how to do some of these things. Like I have to make some stuff up and, you know, there's always something easier I could do. And so the one thing I would always say to someone as they're kind of looking is number one, no one's going to save you, right? Like there is no silver bullet course. Mm -hmm. And I have tried so many times. <laughs> Look, I've tried to take courses that are like, we will save you. We will triple your income. We will, you know, make it all easy. Nothing is going to make it easy. No business gets up and off the ground and makes you know, multiple six figures or just six figures without putting in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like that's just the deal, right? Otherwise everyone would be doing it. So no one will save you. And number two, make sure whoever is teaching that course has done the thing that they're professing they will teach you to do 
they've done it and they've done it multiple times really well and they can show you evidence of that. So those are my two pieces of advice I always give women when they're looking for something to support them as they go out to you know, do their next thing, like you said, either write a book or you know, get their business to the next level, whatever it might be. I think that's huge too, because you're so right. There's so much, I mean, so many courses, so many resources. I think I scroll through my Facebook feed and there's so many ads and they're all like, how to get your next 10,000 Instagram followers. And then you go look and that person doesn't even have 10,000 Instagram followers. Oh my God. Always. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? Exactly. And I'm like, how are you teaching something that you can't even do yourself. And that's what, that drives me crazy with mm -hmm. coaches and course creators and mm -hmm. all of these advertisements. That is my biggest pet peeve is just, if you're gonna say that you can do it for somebody else, at least have done it for yourself. And mm -hmm. like you said, preferably you've done it multiple times and have proof of that, but at least have done it for yourself. That drives totally. me crazy. Totally. And, and because, you know, cautionary tale, right? Because for the women who are listening to your podcast, look, there are thousands of courses out there. So you are, you can be a smart buyer, right? You are the consumer, you control the market. And so if, if you get turned on to a course, you ask that whoever's running that course, ask them the hard questions, right? Put their feet to the fire, find out how many times they've done the thing they're teaching and successfully and ask for evidence right? Get, you know, get the, have them show you the places they've done it. And I've asked to talk to testimonials, people who've taken their courses before and really dig in because there's a lot of big promises out there. And there's some incredible courses being taught by people who don't do a ton of marketing, right? So there's some good, good, good stuff out there. Find it, but do, you know, be a really thoughtful consumer. So true. So, so true. So can we dive in just a little deeper into that concept of being bad and brilliant? Because I really love that. And I think that's definitely something that we as women and we as business owners really need to have more of a conversation about. I mean, let's say, you know, someone's like, okay, I really want to, you know, own my genius. I want to step into that light of not always following the rules and not always doing what everyone expects me to do all the time and really focusing on my own brilliance. What do you think the first step is for that person? How do they go about actually doing that? Especially, you know, in a society where we probably are really in a rut of doing those same things every single day and feeling mom guilt or wife guilt mm -hmm. or friend guilt, or <laughs> not having enough time for everybody else. So how do you think you know, women can balance that? And how do you think they get started with that? Yeah. So there are three things that you can do. Um, and I'll give you kind of the basics on this, but so that you can actually walk away and kind of, you know, when I teach, I teach workshop style and I like people to be able to like get out their kind of workbook, right? And right. do things in that true coach fashion. So three things, number one, and I, and I, the way you could think about this is, um, I like to say, I want you to be bad. I want you to be blissed out and I want you to be bold. So these are the three things. And I'll walk you through them really fast. So the first one is being bad. So this is where I want you to actually look at all the rules that you follow and make a list of the top 10 rules that you follow in your life and which ones you actually want to break because they feel like they're in the way of you really feeling happy. Let's just keep it simple, right? So like 
um, rules of perfection. So I'll give you a few because sometimes people can't see our own rules that we follow because we follow them. So we're like, oh, I don't know. So rules of perfection, being busy, feeling like more is better. Um, a lot of us are locked into having clean houses, you know, delivering at 110% all the time, working, you know, 50 plus hours a week, eating the perfect food, never aging, never feeling like never resting, never having quiet. So those are some rules a lot of people, a lot of women in particular follow. So I want you to like write down the, you know, 10 rules that you notice you follow. And I want you to really take a look at them and see, do these serve me, right? Do these support me to be brilliant, to feel at my best, okay? And the ones that don't, I want you to think about, is there a way for me to rewrite this rule? Is there a way for me to break it, stop using it, or to come up with a rule that serves me better? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I have every single one of my clients write four promises to themselves. So these four promises are the four things that they promise to themselves that they will do every single week to maintain their power, to maintain their best selves. So this is where you start to feel blissed out, right? And I believe that, especially for your listeners who are solopreneurs, who are creatives, you are your asset, right? Like if you're not at your best, your business is going to fail. It's gonna take a hit. So you have to take care of yourself. There is no choice, right? It's not like you have some app and it just runs in the background right? You're not in good shape. Your business is not in good shape. So what are the four things that you need to do for yourself every week to feel at your best? Like Haley, do you have a sense of what those things are for yourself? Even just a couple of them? Yeah. I mean, I, I need time to myself. I need time to be mm -hmm. able to step away from the business and get away from the computer screen and just do something I enjoy. Even if that's just, you know, reading one chapter of a book, I have to mm -hmm. be able to, to do that. And then, I mean, just getting to be done when my husband gets home every day, because mm. especially, I, you know, I work from home. So right. I'm sitting in front of a computer screen all day. I'm by myself all day and he comes home. And most of the time I'm right in the middle of something and I will sit up here for hours and continue working into the night. If I don't force myself to get up and, you know, leave the office. And mm. I think a lot of our listeners work from home or work in their own little office where they can kind of fall into that same trap. So for me, it's, it's really making a little bit of time for myself and what I want to do and being able to say, okay, when my husband comes home every day, that's the end of my work day too. I'm done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good one. Um, when does, when does, you know, I will ask um, folks, when does your business open and close and really having strong integrity around that. So when you're an entrepreneur, right? You know, so business opens at 8.30 and it closes at whatever time, right? And having some ritual around that. Um, a lot of times I have a, a lamp in my office and my son will come in, you know, and we have an agreement about when I'm done working and we'll be like, can I turn the lamp off? I'm like, all right, let's turn the lamp off. Like we're done here. <laughs> you know? I love or, it. You know, shutting the door to your office or closing the top of your laptop, like whatever it is, but like this, like this business is closed right now. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause we never close our business. Our phone's on, our computers are on, or, you know, just like, it's like, how do you shut it down? So really figuring out what are the four things, you know, for me, it's like, I have to get a certain amount of sleep every night. I have to exercise. It's just like absolutely critical for me. Um, drinking water it sounds so like simple, but I don't, I will go all day without like any water. 
Um, so, you know, things like that that can be really simple and knowing what those four things are and making a commitment that 80% of the time you will keep those promises to yourself because we will keep promises to everyone else except ourselves, right? So this is, these are your four promises you keep to yourself. And the last thing is to think about breaking the habit of saying yes when you really mean no. And this is so important for women because we're so good at saying yes, right? We say yes to everybody. And so frequently, we don't actually mean yes. It's just a habit, right? We feel like we have to say yes, we have to be good, we have to be a good girl, a good woman, a good wife, a good mother, whatever it is. And there's a lot of charge, a lot of energy behind feeling like we have to say yes, right? And it's a habit to break. It's, I mean, it's a whole workshop that I teach. So it's, uh, it's a little bit harder to do than it sounds, but it's so critical to notice the habit and to start breaking it because it will put a lot of little cracks in our beautiful vase that holds our power and our energy. And we got to keep that power and energy inside so that we can keep doing all the beautiful, incredible, amazing things that we do every day. Yeah. And I love that too, because we had a recent episode about boundaries and our guests mm-hmm. talked kind of about that that same concept of you've got to be willing to say no, and you've got to be willing to be a little bit selfish and say, okay, if I'm going to say yes to this, how does this benefit me? You know, what do I get out of this? And you've got to, you know, sometimes we do things that maybe we don't really get anything from, but for the most part, yeah, I kind of need to get something out of it. And it's okay to be a little bit selfish because that's your time and that's your energy. And I mean, that's the most important resource that we have. And so if I'm going to say yes to something and I'm going to take time away from my husband and my family and, you know, maybe even my own business, it better be good. There better be something coming out of it for sure. So I I love that, that idea of, of breaking the habit and starting to say no to things that, you know, aren't going to benefit you and aren't going to really get you where you want to go. And especially that aren't going to free up your, your time and your energy to do the things you really want to do. Totally. Well, I, I absolutely love this conversation. I think it's been so, so good. And I definitely think our listeners are really going to enjoy the concept of being bad and brilliant. And I hope that they'll go look you up and listen to your TED Talk and, and just get a little more information about you and maybe even attend one of your workshops in the future. Mm, thanks, Haley. So I have a little speed round that we always do at the end and it's just some like fun, lighthearted questions that I'm genuinely curious about other business owners. Hmm. So what is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? I get up and brush my teeth and put my sneakers on and go for a run. Love it. What is your go-to snack during the workday? Um... I'm not a huge snacker, but I, um, you know, I work at home, my home office. And so I, my like go-to lunch, I eat almost every day. It's kind of a sad situation, but I um, recently stopped eating meat. And so I put like two veggie burgers and whatever veggies we have in the house on in the broiler uh, for 20 minutes while I continue to work. And that's like, that's my jam kind of every day it's like it's uh every day my husband's like god you ate the same lunch I'm like I did I'm sorry it happened (laughs) but it's easy no prep super healthy it happens there you go it works nothing wrong with that 
now. What is the one item that you absolutely cannot live without? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I would say there are two. One is my um, Plantronic headset because I mean, what's a girl supposed to like hold the phone to her ear? That seems insane. So, cause there's a lot to be done while you're on the phone, right? Like there's just yes. a whole world of multitasking, but you know, as I've started to age a little bit, the other thing I'm really loving is Heels has this avocado eye cream that I have to say I put on like three times a day. So yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that that's actually something our listeners can can go buy. We've got to actually, you, uh, seriously, like, I don't like, you know, whatever. I don't like get anything from Kiehl's, but this stuff, I, I was like, oh my God, like, where'd my wrinkles go? That's so, awesome. Yeah, I love, love it. it. Yeah. I love the recommendation. And last but not least, what is your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Mm. Um. I'd say the best piece of advice I was ever given um, was in one of the very hardest moments of running my first organization, Girls for a Change. And I called up my kind of colleague and mentor after I'd gotten a huge rejection and told her the whole long story of the rejection. And she said, great news. And I was like, mm, great news. And she said, look, Nico, if you're not hearing no, you're just not asking for enough. And I thought, I will never forget that. So now I just always thank Jane Lou. Jane Lou is still like one of my dearest friends in the world. And I always just think, okay, if I'm not hearing no, I'm not asking for enough. I love that. That's so good. It's so simple, but so good. Yeah. Well, where can everybody find you? What's your website and social media and... Where should they go? Yeah. Uh, so nicoeverett.com is my website and um, I am on Instagram and it's nicoeverett15. So check me out there and we can be friends. Awesome. Well, seriously, thank you so much for, like I said, just giving us a little bit of your time today and all of this great insight on, you know, how to be ourselves and break the rules sometime. I think it's definitely an important conversation that we need to have more often. Mm, it's my honor. Thank you for doing the good work you're doing. That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes, the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.